0: Moraine, he blazed like the sun. I've seldom been afraid in my life, but the sight of him made me afraid right down to my toes. I wanted to cower, to howl. I could barely speak. Agomar thought I was angry with him, I said so little. That young man, he's the one we have sought these twenty years. There was a hint of question in her voice. Moraine answered it. He is.
1: Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife Dallas. Hi! And this is not the beginning a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Great Hunt, please proceed with caution.
0: On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing the prologue and first five chapters of The Great Hunt. Note, I have not read past Chapter 5, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of The Great Hunt or the next 12 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through Chapter 5, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read them.
1: All right, let's get into a recap, again, courtesy of dragonmount.com. We pick up with the prologue. The dark friend Bors meets with others wrapped in dark cloaks. Balsamon implants orders in their minds and instructs them to watch for Rand, Matt, and Perrin. For the book proper, Rand trains with Leon in Faldara. He has delayed leaving because he isn't ready to say goodbye to his friends. Trumpets announce, the arrival of the Amaryllin Seat, leader of the Aes Sedai. Rand attempts to leave before the Amaryllin can gentle him, but finds that all of his clothes have been replaced by fancy ones, some embroidered with a dragon. Lord Agomar welcomes the Amaryllin. Rand attempts to ride out, but all the gates have been ordered shut. Rand searches for another way out of Faldara and fails. He insults Matt, Loyal, and Perrin, trying to distance himself from them. Egwene suggests that Rand hide in the dungeons, where Padden Fane is imprisoned, but Rand's presence makes Feign crazier than normal. Egwene decides to hide Rand in the women's quarters. Moraine is briefed on the events down south. The great hunt for the horn of Valir has been called, and there is fighting on Almouth Plain. Moraine presents the Horn of Valir to the Amerlin, Swan Sanchez, and reports the recent movements of the Shadow. Moraine and Swan have been searching for Rand for the last twenty years. Whitecloak captain Jeff from Bornhold has been sent to Almouth Plain to face a new enemy from across the sea. Leandrin said, I orders the women of Faldara Keep to find Rand, Matt, and Perrin. Okay, we're in book two now.
0: We are in book two.
1: Things are interesting. We get a lot more general information about kind of the people of the world here.
0: Yeah, not a lot actually happens. Like...
1: Some stuff is set up. Some stuff is set sure. up,
0: but at the end of the first break for the first book we ended we yeah we ended it with winter night so that was like a Big cliffhanger, yeah. and the cliffhanger for this was just Pattenfain
1: escapes,
0: escapes, or is about to be escaped.
1: Yeah, he somebody lets him out.
0: Yeah, it's a little unclear. Someone's at least going to visit him, and it seems like he's going to get left out or get uh, let out. Let out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the there's a lot set up in this section, and we got a lot of POVs, especially in chapter five.
1: Yeah, chapter five itself has three and four. Four. Oh, yeah, it does have four. And they're weird ones. We get Moraine, Jeffrem Bornhold, Leandrin, who's a new character. Jeffrem Bornhold isn't quite new.
0: No, he was introduced last book. Yeah,
1: but he wasn't around a whole bunch. Yeah. And then we also get Patton Vane. Who's? Two case? of these people's heads you do not want to be in, notably Leandrin and Patton Vane.
0: Yeah. We'll they get to both Leandrin
1: later. Later, because there's the engine is a piece of work,
0: but yeah, the we had a lot of different POVs in this section, which I liked, but it was a little bit of whiplash because I especially
1: spe- in just chapter five,
0: right? Because it was four different POVs in chapter five, and then I spent the entire like so much time in Rand's head in the first book,
1: right? And then
0: you just write out the gate in book two, five chapters in, you're giving me four different POVs. It's like, I spent how long in Rand's head? <laughs> And now you're giving me different voices. Yeah. Like.
1: I do very much appreciate. I had forgotten that the beginning of this book included some Moraine point of view. And I like it.
0: I did. It seemed a little info dumpy.
1: Well, it's Moraine.
0: It's Moraine. Her brain is
1: Moraine's story time.
0: Yeah. And I think it. Yeah. So I just think just like. Weirdly. Writing style wise, it didn't mesh with me a little bit.
1: Yeah, it could be. And weirdly, I think, though, she gives very little info dump in her, like, own internal monologue on Swan. And, like, it's very clear that through their interactions, Moraine and Swan, like, have a a deep friendship. Yeah. But we get very little of that actually said out loud. That, That bit is, like... There are a couple lines where uh, Swan is telling Moraine that like she's the only one she can trust with some things,
0: but she's also just hiding a bunch of stuff from her too, and outright saying. Right. Well, I kind of. I don't know. I just I might get used to the Moraine sections, but it just seemed a little info dumpy. It could also be that I recently also read another book that was very info dumpy, so I'm just like very sensitive to it right now because I DNF'd that book that I was yeah reading that was very info dumpy, so. I was just like,
1: hmm. At least with epic fantasy, info dumps tell you about the world.
0: Yeah, I think it was just like her section had a lot more italicized in her monologue than other previous sections.
1: Yeah, aside from the Especially the bit in with like
0: a very short period of time. The
1: bit with bornholders is weird because it's like a full page of italicized flashback
0: i did not like the formatting of that section no i didn't either i could barely read it i i think the type is too small for it to be italicized that much i
1: think that's a rarity in this book i don't think we spend a lot of time hopping between people's heads within the same chapter and this is we just did the red and royal blue episode and in that episode i was like okay make the chapters way shorter this one actually could have done with longer chapters. Uh, the moraine and swan bits start in chapter four and end like a third of the way through chapter five, and that could have just been one longer chapter. Although chapter four was long to begin with,
0: it was. I think if it hadn't, if it had been longer, I would have been like, I don't know where to break this up to read it in yeah. a. Because I try to spread reading it over a few days so that I can properly digest everything, Probably. and I just would have been like, I don't know where to split this up. Yeah. Like,
1: that's that's totally fair. It it is the beginning of a book, and it it has a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, I just it. I think it, I'm not used to reading series either. So fair. even within like the first couple chapters of a series, they're reintroducing information to you that you already know, mm, so it seems yeah. a little info dumpy and. I get why it needs to happen, because if you're reading these as they come out, it was a year and a half since you last read it. So, of course, Rand is going to talk. He's going to re-describe land, and he's going to...
1: (laughs) Stony Plains.
0: We get more of a land description? We do. Um, We do
1: get some land stuff real early, which is good. Land is just like... Do whatever you're going to do, but make a definitive decision.
0: But, like, he... Anyway, uh, we'll get to that later. But um, Rand, de, like, goes through... He re-describes land's physicality. He yeah. goes through and describes... Brandon or Matt and perrin again and he basically retells about what happened at the end of the book he talks about Matt's dagger and it just is like I get why it's there but my brain kept going I already know all this yeah
1: uh, that's <laughs> like thing the run summary
0: into. was nice though like it's kind of like a oh thanks for the spark notes Rand like
1: <laughs> yeah that's something I've run into with Brandon Sanders and stuff in the cosmere is he'll He's, he's very good at it, though. He, this is, a, I think, a definite plus is when you re-encounter, like, bits of the magic system in, in the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. He's He does a really good way, he does a really good job of re-explaining it in kind of a new way. Like, the characters will be using a power in a slightly inventive way, and it'll be like, you know, she's doing this instead of the normal way which is this
0: right these sections felt very much and on last episode like it felt like an episode recap which i know it's necessary it's just something that i'm not used to because i don't i read romance series which are standalones that just have shared characters yeah i don't read typical series right or haven't in a long time and i think it's just something i always notice like, even when I go back to reread Harry Potter books, and there's always in the first chapter, they're like, ah, oh, and this happened last book. This happened last book. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know that already. But, yeah. like, I get it. It's just It's just a little weird to me.
1: Yeah, it definitely requires a little bit of just kind of powering through I think. Like yeah. Like the way that we are reading these books is definitely not the way you would experience them. I think you're right like for a series like this especially like long books the beginning kind of has to recap in a way that other things don't because it's been a year two years three years however long in between very long complicated books and the reader's probably aren't living in these worlds all the time.
0: Right. And most people are probably just, they're not reading this book over 10 weeks. Right. Splitting it into chunks, taking a bunch of notes on it, and then discussing it every week. Right. Like, they're just reading as they read. Maybe they are reading it over 10 weeks if they're a slow reader, but they're not, like, they didn't plan it for, like, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to read these chapters this week. And, the, like, they didn't plan right. it out to schedule a podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it does seem very, like I said, like th- on last episode, just like an episode recap. It is a little bit helpful, though, pointing out what Rand found important of what happened in last book. Yeah. That is something that I do enjoy about the weird on last on last week's episode. This happened in series is that you're like, okay, well, this happened. So this happened in the last book. A bunch happened in the last book. Here is what you need to remember from the last book, right. even if you just read it. Here's the bits that were actually important right. and that you'll need going forward. So that's always a little bit helpful. Yeah, I
1: I, think um, I agree there for sure.
0: But speaking of Rand and um.
1: Well, do we want to talk about Rand first, or do we want to talk about the prologue? Because this is a very different prologue from the. This prologue. is. I was
0: not as confused with this prologue. No.
1: Um, even though this one was definitely intended to confuse you.
0: But it, the prose itself was not unhinged. Like, it, the previous prologue, I had absolutely no information. And so like that's just like throwing someone who has absolutely no idea about what the Wheel of Time even is into the deep end. Yeah. I didn't even read the back of the book blurb before opening the Eye of the World. <laughs> I actually read the back of the book blurb. For the Great Hunt, so I know I know some things, and I probably will mention it in this episode. Right,
1: which is not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler because it's on
0: the back of the book. If you're so, if you're a person who doesn't read the back of the book, just be warned that I read the back of the book, so it colors a little bit what happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the prologue, we have the man who calls himself Boars.
0: That got annoying. It
1: did, and uh, I, it's, I think it's supposed to because at the end of that, end at the end of the prologue, we realize that he is a white cloak, and so yeah, he's gonna be annoying because he's a fucking white cloak. I
0: hate the white cloak. What are you gonna
1: do? But he's in this meeting full of dark friends, some of which are wearing the serpent ring that I said I wear.
0: Yep, so there's some Aes Sedai, yep. probably of the Black Aja, as we will learn about later. Yes. And they're all there to swear allegiance to the Dark Lord. And the man who calls himself Boars is very careful to disguise his he like, appearance. Yeah, he, like... he wraps himself up so he looks bigger than he is. He keeps himself hunched over. Like, he's not just throwing glasses on it and trying to call Clark. Or trying to call Superman Clark Kent, right. he's like actually trying to disguise himself in addition to the mask that everyone's wearing. But like the Ice Sedai aren't bothering; they just throw a mask on. They're not taking off their serpent ring, which like really I just kind like of, so like how are you that bad at espionage that I, like you can't even just bot like you can't even just put gloves on?
1: Well, I kind of get it with the Aes Sedai more than the others because like there are some people who are like clearly wearing very identifying.
0: Like, you can clothes. tell what houses they're from right. and everything. It's like. But
1: at least with the Aes Sedai, one, you can't hide that you're Aes Sedai, really, because they they all have the face.
0: But they're wearing masks.
1: They are wearing masks. So if they'd just taken two, their rings
0: off, he wouldn't have necessarily noticed that they were Aes Sedai. Yeah.
1: The other thing we get about this later on in in the Landrin stuff is that no one likes to acknowledge the possible existence of the black aja
0: so even if they were there no one's going to talk be- about it no one's
1: going to talk about it who's going to believe them if they did
0: yeah it's like and who's going to who's going to
1: challenge them when they're terrified of magic they're, they're terrified of the fact that these women can wield sidar and just murder them with magic very easily
0: I mean, fair, but still, just like be better at espionage. Like if you are gonna be, if you are gonna be evil, like be better at disguising yourself at being evil. All of the Death Eaters just wore like completely different robes and their masks, so it's like you couldn't really tell who they are. They wore like they they had a uniform. If you are gonna be and Death Eaters and dark dark friends are basically the same thing they call the person they follow the dark, the dark lord. lord yeah yeah and they're like <laughs> if you're gonna be an evil person wear a uniform yeah that's fair like, just <laughs> that's don't you fair. have some sort of like cult uniform yeah the white cloaks are basically a cult and they have a uniform Yup.
1: bors has got a slightly different one
0: he does when he's got learned the sunburst about...
1: with a red shepherd's crook
0: which we learn about later.
1: We do learn about later. He's a questioner, which just And I do sound not good. think
0: that questioners should be dark friends. Like I don't think that anyone should be dark friends and we definitely don't want the white cloaks being a dark friend, no. but you especially do not want a questioner white cloak dark friend. No,
1: and you don't even know why questioners are fucked up.
0: Well, because one they're, they're responsible for deciding who is a dark friend. Yeah. So like, I mean, I guess props to Balsamon for picking someone
1: He's got eyes to die and questioners.
0: Right. Like, I guess props to the Dark Lord for thinking ahead. But...
1: Yeah, so we get...
0: Because we do kind of learn, just like, confirmed that Balzaman is...
1: He's still alive.
0: He's alive, and he is the Dark Lord. That was kind of like a question at the end of the book that I had, because there's so many different names for him, and Moraine was being a little bit confusing. Yeah,
1: what we learn here is that Balzaman is the Trolloc word for Heart of the Dark.
0: Which is the word that they use for the dark lord so i was kind of leaning towards it's all just the same person okay that's what that kind of solidified for me which is kind of what i had already been leaning towards okay is that balzaman and the dark lord are all kind of like even if they're not exactly the same person it's kind of like a whole eternity It's like they're all like different forms of the same thing so they're basically the same thing sure
1: the other thing we get out of the prologue is that balzaman is looking for matt Perrin and Re- Yes. He's not looking for just one of them. He's, he's looking for all of them.
0: He's still looking for all of them. They are all Tabirin which yes. makes sense of why he would still want them. I think he probably knows who the Dragon Reborn is now. Well, he Rand has did
1: ag- channel fight him.
0: Yeah. Um, so he's like, yeah, that's probably you, but all of your friends are Tavirian. So it makes sense, like evil person wise to still go after the two people that you thought could have possibly been yeah. the dark or the dragon reborn, because then you can use them as leverage against the dragon reborn.
1: Right. That, yeah. If I was evil, sense.
0: that's what I would do.
1: That makes sense to me too.
0: And I think Rand probably has an idea about that, which is why he starts to act like a little bitch. In chapter two. Yeah. He pulls a Harry. Oh, he's,
1: he's Caps Lock th- Harry.
0: He's Caps Lock Harry, and he's like...
1: He has much more of a reason to be than Harry does, Harry though. does,
0: too. He was abused for 15 years, and he spent... 11 years shoved into a cupboard by his family. I mean, that's fair. Boy's got PTSD. I'm all for caps law carry. But Brand okay. basically does the thing of like, I'm going to be so mean to you that you don't want to don't be don't friends, be with, friends me. with me anymore. He's basically breaking up with Matt and Perrin before he but goes... I'm just
1: absolutely fucking savaging the person who deserves it the least. Loyal.
0: He savages Matt and Perrin and then they leave and then he's mean to Loyal. Someone, uh, yeah, that's what it, he's like. Just go with them. Why are you still here? No one mm. wants you here. And then Loyal's just like he's sad, and then he gets like the Loyal version of angry and storms out.
1: That is not Ogier angry. Mm-hmm. We encounter Ogier angry at some point. It is not Ogier angry.
0: Well, we get the normal Loyal, ver- like the Loyal version of like yeah, I'm a little bit pissed. Yes, which is still not even just like a normal person's level of pissed. No,
1: he's just sad that his friend is going through a hard time
0: and he is going through a hard time he's having trouble with the flame in the void yeah he's, he's not able to really channel it when he's working with lan we do have a great like full chapter of just lan being dad before yeah, rand they're... kind of blows up which also makes the blow up just not make any sense because like you literally just had a therapy session why are you yelling at your <laughs> friends now well,
1: okay he got a therapy session where he just got his ass whooped by lan and Lan i
0: mean it's lan of course you're gonna get your ass. Well kicked. yeah.
1: But, but also
0: Lan is just being really nice to him and he like
1: Yeah, they're training and Lan is like, do what you're gonna do but make a decision.
0: He's kind of like why are you still here? And then Rand's right. like, Why do you care? And he's like, I, I care like
1: Yeah, what do you want me to do? Like, I care.
0: <laughs> but why are you here? And he doesn't believe Rand's answer, so he gets Rand to talk. And yeah. he's like sh- one showing emotion, and two we get land story time. We do, which was about swords. <laughs> it's about swords. <laughs> of course, it's about swords. <laughs> he has a brand, and I'm about it. Yeah, so, so that we just get a lot of information, and Rand's just not having a good time. No, we're um,
1: just straight up having a bad time. He's
0: terrified of what he's going to become, and. He, he's he... ranting to Lan about it because he's annoyed with Moraine because Moraine is ignoring him which we later learn is on purpose just to make him pissed off at her. Yeah. Basically.
1: Which is, it's working.
0: It's working. She's, she's, I don't know that, well, well, it's not, we don't know that her intended effect of it is going to be working but the immediate effect is working. Yeah. She's sought out to annoy him. He he is annoyed. Yes. She thinks that she can control his annoyance Probably and I think... Not. I think... That's just dumb on her part. One.
1: He's from the two rivers. He's
0: from the two rivers. He's unpredictable. And two, he's Tavirin. You cannot control Tavirin.
1: No, you just kind of have to go with them.
0: She's trying to manipulate him and it's just not working. And
1: Rand is also here very much encountering the effects of him being Taviran, which is that he can't he can't get out. He wanted to escape and couldn't.
0: Right. He wanted to try to escape and something
1: cosmic is holding him at Faldara.
0: And he's like, why? Yeah. God damn it.
1: <laughs> it's 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 bad. But well,
0: and I think part of like he thought he wanted to stay in Faldara because he didn't he wanted to spend more time with his friends. But I think part of that could have just been he needed to be, he needed to stay in Faldara until the Amarillyn Seed arrived. Yeah. Like, so it could have been him being emotional. It could have just been like, that's kind of a lame excuse to leave, especially when, like, you say, like, I love my friends so much. And then you turn around literally 15 minutes later and then scream at them.
1: Yeah. I think what is happening here is Rand is stuck in between, like, three or four very bad but different outcomes. He's scared of what he thinks he's going to become... In two ways. One, he's a man who can channel, so he knows that he's gonna go crazy and volcano himself. Two, he suspects he might be the dragon reborn who is destined to destroy the world before it's remade, basically. Yep. And if neither of those happen, he's worried that he's going to get gentled, which is bad. We learn a little bit about what the flip side of that is, stilling, which is what happens to women when they get uh, the like gender-neutral turn is severed. Okay. Uh, when somebody who can channel the one power has that power cut off from them. It's like losing a sense.
0: Well, and I think the difference between gentled, I think from what I understand, and gentled, they don't even feel the one power anymore. No, they still do. They still do as well because yeah. I know stilling stilling you do still feel the one power, you just can't access it, so it's even more miserable.
1: Yeah, no, gentling is the exact same thing, and if we go back to The Eye of the World where Tom is talking about his nephew Owen who was gentled, he kind of mentioned that Owen was never right after he got gentle and it's because that whole important just like vibrant part of him was like walled off from him so he could see a crucial part of who he was as a person but couldn't actually reach it it
0: sounds a little bit like some people who go on like medication for some mental disorders they like they feel like they're looking at everything through a filter yeah and it sounds like this is kind of the same type of feeling
1: yeah so he's he's worried about that and that's for him, that's maybe the best scenario, is that he gets gentle.
0: But they can't gentle him, and they have an entire conversation about it later, which right. we'll get to. Um...
1: So he's he's worried about all of those three different things, and then he's he wants to stay with his friends, because that's, like, home and safety. But then he's also worried that if he stays with his friends, he's going to go crazy and hurt them. He's got a lot going on.
0: And he doesn't want them to go with him either, which is why he yells at Matt and Perrin. Right, because
1: they're like, yeah, let's go on an adventure.
0: Like, we're going to go with you because we're your friends. And Rand very rightly points out, like, Matt, you cannot leave Moraine. You've got this death dagger. Right. Um death dagger which
1: it's still around
0: it's still around according to the back of the book it won't be for much longer because
1: the back of the book says that it gets stolen
0: yep both the horn and the dagger get stolen which probably happens very quickly and i can kind of anticipate that maybe padden fane is the one that okay does it because he gets let
1: padden fane with the dagger is not a great idea I
0: no. think. Uh, yeah, not a good idea.
1: Speaking of Pat and Fane, they visit Pat and Fane.
0: They do. This, this freaks is out after, Rand. this is after Rand has his whole freak out.
1: Right, though. and he runs into Egwene.
0: Well, he, this is when he's on the run. So he.
1: The Amarillyn, uh, the Amarillyn seat shows up and Rand's like, fuck. Gotta get out of here.
0: And so he runs back to his room and he gets new clothes. Fancy new clothes. You know, it's a new book. New wardrobe for the boys. Obviously.
1: Like, new wardrobe for everyone.
0: New wardrobe for everyone. You a wardrobe, you get a wardrobe. This
1: is the Wheel of Time. It wouldn't be the Wheel of Time without meticulous descriptions of clothing, because he goes into a little bit of detail.
0: I, my one question, which does get answered later, is why is Maureen so insistent on getting a new wardrobe for those for these boys? Get, to show off. She's trying to show off, but also later we learn that she's destroying because they're like they're very adamant about collecting all of their own clothes yeah. or all of their old clothes, and I'm like, why is she so insistent? about destroying the old clothes. Which is apparently something to do with tracking. Like they don't Want to be able to track. They don't want to be able to track the boys. Yeah. Which makes sense. But I do have a problem with that scene a little bit. So when they describe the room, they describe the room as having three beds, each with a trunk. So there's three beds, three trunks, there's a chair and a wash basin, and only one closet yep. is mentioned, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming that closet would be shared among all three boys. Yeah. Rand just takes all of the clothes in it, yep. which means that like Matt and Perrin's wardrobes were burned except for for what's on their back and Rand just packed up all the new clothes. You, you they're naked. <laughs> they don't get any clothes. No.
1: Well, I think they do. I think that wardrobe was all for Rand.
0: A little bit, but like some of them some of the things could have been described and like seemed like more color palettes for um, Matt or Perrin than Rand, but...
1: I think it was all Rand. Because
0: based, on this, based on the embroidery, yes. But that's just my other problem then. It's like, where are all the clothes for Perrin and Matt? You it's just burned house. all their clothes. Do they not get hanging clothes? No.
1: They're... They're... They, it's not suspected that they're the Dragon Reborn.
0: Like, their stuff is gonna get wrinkled.
1: They're just, like, random village folk.
0: Let them have nice things. I mean,
1: I agree. But right now, Moraine's just like, okay, they're Taviran, whatever. That's the Dragon Reborn.
0: She's, pu- she's pulling Dumbledore vibes right oh now. Oh my god. With the I'm makes, gonna ignore Rand.
1: She makes Dumbledore look like a fucking amateur.
0: Because, like, you know, Dumbledore ignores Harry in his caps lock ear. And Moraine is ignoring Rand in his caps lock ear. <laughs> the
1: difference is... Moraine has an exit strategy, and Dumbledore was just like, who knows what's going to happen, I'm just going to ignore him for a while.
0: I don't know, who knows what's going to happen, not me, because I'm a fucker.
1: (laughs) And Moraine's like, I'm going to ignore him until he reaches a certain point, and then I'm going to help him.
0: But he's Uh, not going to want to. No, he's from
1: the Two Rivers, he's too stubborn to need help.
0: So when he's, like, panicking, he finds... Egwene. He finds Egwene. Who
1: is very nice to him.
0: After she tackles him to the ground for being mean to Loyal. Well,
1: yeah, because he deserved it. <laughs> being nice isn't always just like straight up, like, hey, you're the best, I'm gonna help you. It's fuck you, why are you <laughs> making mistakes?
0: She- she <laughs> really tackles him to the ground yep
1: she does that a lot there's a lot of <laughs> tackling between the two of them because at the end of the last book doesn't she she tackles him
0: no he tackles he tackles her her because because everyone was hit with the idiot stick and when Lan went down because it's Lan and he's gonna sacrifice himself because he wants to die for his people yep <laughs> he wants to die for his people and then Nynaeve starts Nynaeve to Nynaeve is like no my love and starts running and so then Egwene starts running the and Rand just is like, just like ankles
1: <laughs> Just give me the ankles and you're not going to go anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's basically.
1: But then he, Leroy Jenkins is himself.
0: Leroy Jenkins. That's
1: when you just like charge into a fight without any regard for preparation or how badly it's going to go. Oh, well. Because that's what he did at the end of the last book Too Forsaken. (laughs) Leroy Jenkins. I'll have yeah. to show you the video.
0: Yeah, because I, I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: But here it's the reverse, and Rand is a shithead and
0: oh, he going just to tackle tackles him to the ground, which like, right. is such a mood. But like, yeah, they do kind of—they already start to tackle each other a lot. And does that continue?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: Because if so, just just get a room.
1: Well, yeah, they're clearly okay just, being horizontal.
0: Yeah, just do the horizontal tango.
1: Just fuck.
0: Just fuck and get it over with.
1: <laughs> Needs to happen. But there are yes. lots of
0: characters in this that just should fuck up. Oh, in.
1: so many of them. So, yeah, Egwene yeah, tackles Rand for being a shithead, but then she's very nice to him and he's like, okay, well, let's go find you a place to hide.
0: And so she brings him to the they dungeon. Bring to the dungeon! And brings him to Pad and Fane.
1: With, like, mega dark friend, Yeah. Pad and Fane.
0: Great idea, Egwene.
1: Who freaks out.
0: Well, he freaks out, and just everyone in general in the dungeon is sour. Yeah. Because she points out that when she was first starting to visit Pat and Fane. The
1: guards were like joking. The guards were playing. joking. Cards.
0: Playing with her, like playing cards, making jokes with her when she would go down. And now they're just really sour. And even the prisoners down there are getting increasingly more sour tempered. And I think that it is for more than just, it's a dungeon. Of course they're getting sour tempered. There's, I think there's a more magical okay. reason for that. I don't know if I think that just because like, it could be like a horcrux event. Situation. maybe Pad and Fane's crazy, is he, pulling everyone's sanity out of them. He
1: did encounter the Black Wind and was fine.
0: Yeah, so I think it has something to do with Pad and Fane being down there, and it, it like he, because he encountered Shadar Logoth and then the Black Wind, yeah. he's having some sort of corruptive effect.
1: Okay, I have thoughts on this that I will hold on to, because it might spoil it. That's fair. There is something that he, he is clearly not right, and kind of that like dual personality is still there.
0: It's very They seem to be much closer together. It's kind of Gollum-esque when, like, sometimes Gollum is all lucid. This is, like, my vague memory of watching the Lord of the Rings movies once. But there were moments where Gollum was, like, kind of lucid, and then he goes, like, full creep.
1: Yeah, and that's happening here. But it seemed like in the first book, when we encounter Pat and Fane at the end, the two personalities are really far apart, right? Like, you have the, like, snobbish lord personality, who's like, unhand me, you fucking peasants. I am super important you need to let me go and then the one who's just like breaking down and crying yeah. and now they seem much closer together at
0: here. least when Egwene describes him because she's been visiting him mostly because she just wants to talk with someone about home because and Fane she's known for right a he's... long a long time she's known him for most of her life because he comes he's been visiting he's the just village the peddler. and so she wants someone to talk to about home and Nynaeve's always busy and right Matt is off gambling and flirting with women and drinking well it's Matt it's Matt and I love that for him (laughs) and Perrin's Perrin Perrin is avoiding everyone and
1: Perrin's got his own stuff Going on with this whole Like wolf thing
0: Right But this is how Rand Describes it Is that Matt's off gambling And whoring about Perrin's avoiding everyone And Rand is specifically Avoiding Egwene So Yeah He's like I kind of feel bad That now she's talking To a crazy person Just because she's homesick Right
1: We do get some good moments Some good like Kind of like sweet Rand and Egwene moments Despite the like General shit Of the situation
0: Cause then she decides That well this isn't A great place to hide No shit Sherlock It's a dungeon with a crazy person
1: dungeon with crazy person so yeah. she's
0: like let's go hide in the women's apartments and he's like are you
1: that's more likely to get him killed than meeting with the Amaralyn
0: yeah and she's just like nah we'll it'll just, be fine we'll just
1: shove you in a cart with some blankets
0: no she said like we'll just dress you up like a servant and give you a bunch of stuff to carry so it looks like you're just helping me carry stuff to my room and then you're gonna leave which is the plan it because work. well it does at least because Moraine sees Egwene and doesn't say like ah Looks like she's roped Rand into helping her carry stuff. She just describes him as looking like... A, she just describes Egwene has a servant trailing after her.
1: There's no way she didn't know that Rand.
0: She doesn't say that she believes it's Rand.
1: Yeah, but she's ignoring Rand. But
0: she says in that paragraph, or in that page, basically, that she's ignoring Rand. So it's like she might at least like acknowledge to herself that she knows that's Rand. I guess. Because she's already acknowledged that she's ignoring him. That's true. And so she's like, oh, look at Egwene. And she has like a proud Egwene, like I'm proud of Egwene moment and mm-hmm. doesn't recognize that it's Rand. Yeah. Um, so maybe it works, but who knows. I, then ch- we jump I choose to believe
1: it's, it doesn't. It's Moraine. How did she not? That's how did she also, not recognize the man she thinks is the Dragon Reborn?
0: That's also fair. It just She didn't say anything about it, so no. I'm leaving it open to interpretation. But we don't know about what happens when Rand gets the women's apartments, because that's when we, we shift
1: to Moraine into head. Moraine's head. She meets with the Amerlin seat. Swan Sanche, Keeper. No, she's not Keeper of the Flame. Charvalon. She's Watcher of the Seals. Sure. She had the Amaritan seat has a ton of titles.
0: Titles, titles,
1: titles. Titles, titles, titles. Female Gandalf Pope. Lady Pope.
0: Lady Pope.
1: We learn some more Moraine backstory.
0: We do. Um, She grew up in the royal palace of Kyrian. Kyrian. That she, is Moraine
1: oh. de Madrid was
0: Did, We don't get a last name then there. We don't? No. Nope.
1: I swear, we I just know.
0: know that because I when I was looking at pictures of moraine yeah, she's Maureen Damadrid. But that it has that Damadrid has not come up in the book yet.
1: Really, it nope. might be in the glossary.
0: Nope, uh, at least it, it wasn't in the book one glossary. All right, well, maybe it was.
1: Maybe slight spoilers, but we knew she grew up in the royal palace, so she's she's li- even before she was an Sedai, she lived kind of a life of luxury.
0: Right. We just haven't figured out what family she comes from, and I don't know what Damadrid means, so it doesn't. Don't tell me. Okay. Like I'm just saying, me knowing that she has a last name name isn't a spoiler because I don't know what Damadred means. Very it fair. It could just be Smith. Like
1: It is definitely not Smith.
0: But I don't know anything. It's not like I now like I now know what Al dragon means. Yeah. Like, like I we understand and
1: and the, the owl means lord
0: but we're like yeah we get information about land's last name and we get information about what his it's like ah here's what the name is and here's the history behind the name yeah. we have not had either of those for Moraine yet Okay. so and me knowing what the name is doesn't affect anything because it could just very be fair. it could just be Smith like I don't know I don't care sure. yet because it hasn't been introduced to me okay very fair all we the only bit of information we learned about Moraine that I picked up on is that she grew up in a royal palace. That is that is it. Okay. And that is the only thing I learned about Maureen. I thought we
1: had gotten more Maureen information at this point.
0: Nope, that's the only thing I picked up on.
1: She is a woman of mystery.
0: Uh, Yeah, she is.
1: We meet a few more Aes Sedai, too.
0: Should we We learned a little bit of more about the Aes Sedai in this chapter. So maybe that's kind of the backstory thing that you're thinking of. We learn a lot about the inner workings of the Aes Sedai here. Yeah. We learn about the Ajas. We learn that there's like a special shawl that you wear when you're yep. going into the Amaryllis. See when you're in Tarvalin, but they're not in Tarvalin. But she's like, mm, if I'm about to go get yelled at by my old best friend, then I should probably dress up nice. Yeah. And we meet a bunch of Sedai.
1: from different Ajas, not just blue.
0: Right. So Moraine is the blue Aja. Yep. Um, I had some notes on other ones. I, I, on the S- other one. so, so I know are... the colors. It's red, blue, yellow, green, brown, white. There's a gray. That one was not mentioned, and green. I don't know if we mentioned green. You might have said green. Um, there
1: are several. The ones that are most important. Those in are the, the ones. Conversation- those are the
0: ones that we that were mentioned in those chapters when we're talking about all the Aes Sedai we learned about red, okay. blue yeah. yellow, green there brown, are white. a couple
1: of not all of them are represented in the like party of Aes technically speaking the Amarillyn and the Keeper who's like Vice Amarillyn mm-hmm. are of all Ajas but yes. also none so they sort of don't count but Moraine and Swan both make it clear it's like they're blue they, they come from the blue Aja they count as blue for Aja politics
0: well I read that is a little bit more nuanced in that Suon is not, she's not happy that that's what people are saying. She's like, that's not how it's supposed to be and Moraine also says that. Right. People, like all of the other Ajahs are saying that you're still blue and she's like, but I'm not. I, I'm I, the I am the Amerlin. Like, I am no longer of an Aja. Right. So you can, I do not count. I do not vote for the blue Aja. Like, I'm not a right. representation. Stop it. Right. Like, basically you're being sacrilegious. Is yeah. kind of more, Moraine basically was like, whoa, that's a huge like insult. Like, yeah.
1: and so there are four, Four other eyes Sedai that come with them two blues a brown and a red
0: there's also a yellow there's a bunch there are about I thought there yeah were there only were four. a whole bunch there are because they talk not about matter they're, they're all but there' there um because they mentioned someone of the green of the yellow there was some browns just sitting around studying because they like um, to learn yeah. things yeah browns
1: are like the librarians of the eyes Sedai. which makes sense brown um yeah color of books
0: color of paper and just boring color so yeah put your yeah. put your bookish characters in the boring in the yeah. boring color
1: ironically one of the more interesting characters and the entire series comes from the brown?
0: But yeah, there's a bunch okay. of that Sedai that come. That's why, that's how I learned what the colors are. That she's, Moraine's sure. not just like, here are the Ajas. <laughs> I just went through and anytime they named a color, I was like highlighting it. Right. And she only named the color because a person was wearing a color, a shawl mm, of that yeah, color. That's, or...
1: Yeah, that's fair. We learned some about the internal politics situation, which is that the Reds are quite angry at the Blues. That seems to be a, just a general always thing.
0: The the blues and the greens usually align themselves together. Right, they're like... They're allies.
1: Hard and fast allies. They always work together, except recently. The, the greens gr- have felt that the blues have kind of been cutting them out of stuff.
0: Well, the last two amerlins have been blue. from the blue Aja, and that's where the, that whole thing comes in. And the red Aja, I think, is just starting to take over out of them. That's
1: fair. We've only encountered two members of the red Aja, and they are not nice.
0: And they're just, like, all men hating, not just men who can channel yeah like, they just want to murder all men which I, I've never understood that stance in anything it's like if you if you get rid of all one gender then how are you going to continue to populate the earth fair like I, I, I get it on, I get it on some level like yeah. men kind of suck but and especially like I understand the fear of men in this world where like all channel. men men who can channel yeah gentle all of them yeah. because they're just going to turn into a volcano but yeah they hate all men it doesn't matter yeah. if you can channel or not
1: yeah it's it's not great.
0: Which, the Red Aja, I feel like I remember something mentioned. The Red Aja don't always have warders, which if warders are men, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's confirmed here or not, but the Red Aja, members of the Red Aja basically never have
0: warders. Which, if they hate men that much, that makes sense. Right,
1: and yeah, so so uh, we get a little bit more backstory, too, of, like, Tarvalin history, where part of the reason that the Reds hate the Blues so much is that the only two Amaralyns who have ever been pulled down from being the Amaralyns' seat were Reds who were replaced by Blues.
0: Yeah,
1: and so it kind of feels at this point like the Red Aja's is kind of like what something Swan is really worried about is the Red Aja is going to maneuver to be in a position to do the inverse of that pull down a Blue and put it a red does on seem
0: the, like they're trying to do that. I also, I just like even before we read his what's her face uh, Leandrin she's Leandrin. she's of the Red yes. right. I did not trust the Red Aja before I got in her head Wolf. and even more now. So like yeah,
1: we'll we'll get to Leandrin because she's uh I think probably. Probably the second most important bit of, or the third most important bit after the Moraine and Swan conversation. Yeah. And the gist of the, the conversation between Moraine and Swan is they knew that the dragon was reborn and or looking for him. For
0: like 20 years. For,
1: for 20 years. And they intend on helping him as much as they can.
0: Yes. Before that a little bit we do learn uh, some more information. There's a big meeting where the Amarillyn is talking to Moraine. Yeah. And then they send everyone out of the room and they have that conversation. Yeah. But we learn that Elaine has the spark. then they say that, but it's more than the spark. And, um, Elida thinks that she could be, like, the next greatest Aes Sedai. Yeah. And then Moraine starts to brag about Egwene and Nynaeve.
1: Yeah, so there's Which is a just, couple... like,
0: it reminds me a little bit of that scene in Harry Potter when Umbridge and McGonagall are, like, climbing up a step each time to try to, like, outdo each other when they're having a fight, it seems very much, and Elida's not even there, and yeah. Moraine she's yeah. just like I have to one up her yeah <laughs> so
1: so some of the backstory here is that the Aes Sedai some of their like internal politics the way it works is the Ajas tend to get political points for bringing in powerful women who can channel so Elida brought in Elaine who is one of the strongest women who can channel in a generation a long time Egwene is roughly as strong and Moraine is like if you think they're strong Nynaeve is probably the strongest person to enter the tower in a couple hundred years right now in terms of like raw power I'm she
0: sure saying that about Egwene.
1: Also Egwene. And Nynaeve is significantly stronger than Egwene.
0: Well, she's had a little bit more practice. It's not even that. Just unintentional practice. It's not
1: even that. It's just that uh, Nynaeve's raw potential is more than Egwene's raw potential. All mm.
0: right, I, I thought it had been flip, but...
1: No. So, uh, the, the phrase that Moraine used is that Nynaeve is like a bonfire to Egwene and Elaine's candles. So, like, yeah, it's she's a lot stronger. And she said that she's probably as strong as most women in the tower now if she could consciously know what she's doing. But she she doesn't.
0: Because she didn't know that she could channel. She
1: didn't learn how to channel. She learned how to survive. Right. And so Moraine's like, yeah, yeah, Elaine, whatever. She's not going to join the Red anyway because she likes men too much. And But Egwene, real hard. Yeah, Egwene <laughs> and Nynaeve are definitely not going to join the Reds.
0: Because they also like men too much.
1: Right. And it's also pretty clear just from the de- like description of what the, uh, the Ajas do, which one Nynaeve fits into best.
0: I didn't. So I try. I was trying to ha- take notes on what I gathered from the Aja's and I've gathered that the red hate men, brown are bookish, and that the red and the green are now aligned even though the blue and the green are aligned. That's all I know.
1: Oh, okay. So I, I won't say that.
0: Yes. That's what I, it's like.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I won't I won't bring that I'm in I'm
0: trying to it stop be, you from giving me information because be you're starting clear. to get you're starting to get into the spoiler territory. Yeah. It, so you it, need it to will, dial it back.
1: It will be very clear what Aja Nynaeve would fall under. Like it's not even gonna be a question. Uh
0: sure I don't I don't know. Anyway so I don't know anything about the Aja. Other than yeah. the colors. And uh, I didn't know there was a gray. Cause I, I'm again, pretty
1: sure this, I could be wrong, there are so many of them. <laughs> I can lose track sometimes. I
0: feel like they I heard someone mention seven Ajah's.
1: Yeah, so that would be red, blue, green, yellow, white, brown, gray. I think they mentioned I don't know. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Anyway, so the other thing that is so you mentioned Elaine being born with the spark, right? So there are What is it? I thought
0: that is that is the spark just like the ability to channel or Yes. Is that basically what that was saying?
1: Yes. So there are two kind of ways that you know or or two ways somebody can be born with the ability to channel. can be born with it like Elaine, Egwene, and Nynaeve, and have it kind of like an integral part they are. They Mm -hmm. will always channel, regardless of whether or not they are taught. These are the ones who are in danger of dying. But then there's another group of people who are born with the ability to learn how to channel. They don't always access it.
0: Okay, so they're not in as much danger of dying. Okay.
1: So, I just looked it up. The ajas are blue, green, yellow, red, white, gray, brown. Okay, I don't know
0: that they mentioned gray.
1: There may not have been a gray there.
0: I I don't think so. Um... And then there's the optional Aja that no, which we will get to still. Yes. Because there's still, um, we learned that Elida ratted Moraine out about Rand.
1: Yeah, because Elida's the worst.
0: Uh, yeah, I hate her. Not as much as I hate Leandrin. Or no. actually, I, do, I think I just hate Elida. I'm terrified of Leandrin.
1: Leandrin's awful.
0: Yep. Um, and then there is another thing that came up that I'm just like, what? That they all want, they all want Moraine to go on a retreat for contemplation. That basically just a timeout.
1: That's basically a said I timeout.
0: Okay. No one trusts, the, no one trusts Maureen anymore. Maureen has this angry all, and they all want it back in Tarvalon because yep. no one trusts what Maureen is doing anymore yep. because she's traveling with three Tiberian. Um, And that's when Suwan sends everyone out. Because they have to have this they discussion. They have to have this discussion about what their plan was. And Suwan's kind of pissed. She's like, you haven't been giving me any updates. You found the red dragon. The red like, dragon. Not red dragon. Just the dragon, dragon reborn. reborn. It's, I, my brain says red dragon, which okay. is not... That's not <laughs> right. That's not right. I don't I think that's something I think it's like a title of one of the Hannibal Lecter books, and that's why it's Maybe. like in my brain. It's like you found the dragon reborn and you didn't tell me. Yeah. You got I've gotten one message from you that said you were getting to some place called Emmons Field, and then I and got then a, you
1: show up in Faldara.
0: And then you, I then I got a message that you were like, Oh, by the way, I'm not going to Tarval anymore. I'm going to Faldara Bye.
1: Yeah. No, Moraine's being a little shifty, and clearly their plans are risky. They risk being
0: stilled. they yeah they risk being stilled um so their plan they they felt that the dragon had been reborn yeah and so they sought out and have been searching for him for 20 years yeah and moraine finally was like i think i have a lead yeah Uh, so rand is the dragon reborn yeah yeah i think that's also mentioned in the back of the book i think it is too Uh, yeah
1: and so the (laughs) the last thing we should mention here that we learned from this conversation is that there are three new false dragons roaming around one of whom definitely can channel. Yes, Razor we do. And we,
0: and we learn a lot about just the false dragons in general. Usually there's like one a generation yeah. and there's been, th- there was three in the past two years and then there was three since, just there since was, they left Emmons Field. Since they left Emmons Field. So it's like exponentially growing the number of dragons. Yeah, and Moraine thinks
1: it's the pattern just like spitting them out to try and force Rand into claiming the title.
0: Because once he claims the title, there any. won't be any more false dragons. Yeah. And I, they mentioned something about when Rand does eventually, like they are trying to get to the point where that when Rand does eventually claim his title, he doesn't need to go in search of an army. Right. He'll just have one at his back because he has the Horn of Valir, which he has to go looking for at some point because it eventually gets stolen. Yes,
1: it is the great hunt. So the Moraine and Swan conversation ends partway through chapter 5 and we get three more point of views. The last point of view we can kind of just quickly talk about. is Pat Fane. He's
0: crazy. He's he gets- crazy.
1: He's getting let out yep. by someone. He'd doesn't know who. The middle one is Bornhold, and I think we can do Bornhold fairly quickly.
0: I ha- I only had two things written down for, or three things written down for Bornhold. One, just we learn that the red shepherd's crook is the questioners, yep. and we learn a smidge more about the questioners, mainly that they don't like being called the questioners. No. They have a whole bunch of lofty titles for themselves. Yeah. Whatever. It is
1: interesting being in Bornhold's head because we learned that Bornhold is very severe, but he seems kind of severe in the sense that like he has a strong idea of what good and bad is and he wants things that fall outside of that he doesn't like well because like,
0: he, he was rerouted from terabon to go find dark friends in random little villages and he's like what the fuck right like, and he
1: gets there and there are questioners questioners and he's like i know that there are more dark friends that people than people think there are questioners see them everywhere and they just fucking kill them first did they kill an entire village just to be secret so like bornhold seems to be like the, the like archetypal uh, child." of the light. The one that, like, you don't really agree with him, but at least he's not a complete... Like, he has a code.
0: Yeah. You may not agree with the code, but he has one.
1: Right. He sticks to it. He's consistent.
0: And the other thing I had written down is they keep mentioning Arthur Hawking, and I think I might need more information on that at some point. Okay. Because they just... I don't understand like who mm, that is. Real
1: quick, we learn a lot more about Arthur Hawking. Uh, Arthur Hawking was a king who controlled a large portion of land a long time ago he had eye-to-eye advisors he really disliked them
0: well cuz someone when they're talking to bornhold they're like oh so he's ba- like oh so arthur Hawkwing walks again basically
1: yeah there's and a lot And it of sounds talk about like
0: him. he was evil it's just under- very severe okay I, yeah i think i might just need he to He did a
1: lot of conquest he is Sort of, kind of, this uh, book series is equivalent of Alexander the Great. Did a lot of conquering, died, his empire shattered. Okay. So, yeah.
0: And then we get into <laughs> Leandren's head. And she's just, my main point is she is scary. She ha, she goes to see Lady Amelise and threatens her. She basically glamors her in order to give her more information. And she, like, sort throws a book into a fire and is, like, she's basically being super threatening. And she gives her some sort of powers of Jedi mind mind trick suggestions that like you should answer my questions and give me all of the information and it's your idea.
1: She has some sort of trick with the one power that she knows how to do that causes people to be more compliant but also to tell the truth. Because it seems like it hurts the lady when she like tries to avoid
0: talking. Right. And she's the worst. She's the worst. And she seems she seems evil. I don't trust her. She seems like it seems like she's. Once I got to the end of her section I wasn't leaning towards this idea but like right at the beginning of the section when she was introduced and then she went on the whole thing about like the twilight and the dawn and how like she doesn't feel comfortable with those because that's when like those times of day die and I'm just like is she <laughs> is she one of the black Aja that was my first Who knows? that was my first instinct because I was like oh is she one of those uh bitches that were the dark friends because that honestly would just track because she has sort of she yeah. has bad vibes yeah
1: she does have a very strong reaction to the black Aja being mentioned and
0: that's what is making me no longer lean towards... She could be just so believed in her mission of I hate men and I want all of... Like, I want the Dragon Reborn to be dead. Like, right. she could be so involved in that. It just comes off as very evil and severe. Yeah. I don't know that she's a dark friend necessarily, but okay. I wouldn't put it past her to just, just straight up murder people. Don't trust her. She's, yeah, she's, she's terrifying.
1: She's the worst. And
0: she wants the boys.
1: She wants the boys. It's not a good thing for anybody involved. Least of all Ram.
0: Yeah, the Twilight and the Dawn thing was weird. It was weird. And she, why
1: does she talk... like? yoda
0: she does talk like yoda
1: like why the fuck does she talk like just nobody talks like that
0: yeah i don't we have not encountered another person who talks in that no, sentence structure
1: no i gotta i'm gonna look up leandrin real quick because i think she might be from Ilian.
0: stop saying things like that because i don't know what that means and it makes me no, want to ask
1: she's not it mind. makes me
0: want to ask questions that i should not know the answers to and it's not one of those questions that I do need to know the answer to that we've discussed yeah. off podcast. Um,
1: <laughs> it's more about the... I, I was wondering if her particular way of speaking was a, like, a regional thing. Not, like, not anything actually important. Just, like, is is this what people like? Are people from where she's from talk like? I don't think that's the case. I just looked it up. She's not from Alien. She
0: just talks like Yoda and She weird. talks
1: like Yoda. It's weird. She's the worst. And then we end, as I, as we said, with Patton Vane escaping, getting let out by someone. Yes. It's unclear who we might find find out in the next one. We
0: time. might. Yeah. There is, I think we, when we were talking about land, we skipped over something that we we mentioned land story time, but we, we now talk about what that story time was.
1: We get a little bit of the history of Heron Mark blades in general, but more specifically, his and Ran's.
0: Most Heron, Bl- Heron blades are Aes Sedai made. Not all, but No, good.
1: no, it's it's the reverse. Most are not, some are. Almost every Aes Sedai made sword is a Heron Mark
0: sword. Okay.
1: But most Most Heron Mark swords are just very well-made swords. His and Rand's were power wrought. They were made with the power.
0: And does not like
1: that. No, I don't know why. Like, he was chopping through wood with it.
0: I think he just is very...
1: Anti-magic.
0: Yeah, he's just really terrified of it all. And... And kind of fair. And when he learns this information, he's even more scared because he's like, I need you to really teach me how to use this sword then. Because if this is what people know about this sword, I need to be... Like, I can't just keep bluffing my way through it. I have been able to, like, bluff... But no, and no one's called me on it. But if I'm like out there on my own, I need to be able to use this sword. And Lan's like, you kind of already do. The second you put that sword on your belt, you carried yourself like you knew what it was. Right. And he says so that's, that. He's that like, so that's why I thought you knew what the sword was. Right. He, Lan had no idea that he didn't know this information. Right.
1: And Lan, in sort of an indirect way, says that Rand is learning very quickly. He He, gets, says, he says that he could get him to be a blade master in five years.
0: He's like, you never make a mistake. Mistake more than once, right. or the same mistake more than once. Right. He's like you are. You are doing really well. Yeah. You could be as good as me in five years. Is basically. Right. That,
1: that's what he says. He said he doesn't say that he could be a blade master in five years. He says that he could be as good as Lan in five years. Mm-hmm. And we've established that Lan is a blade master's blade master.
0: Lan is just the blade master of life and everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a poet.
0: He's a poet. He can
1: kill people with romantic words. He can kill actual I'm things still with swords. Not okay. I know you're not okay. <laughs> I don't know that we get resolution in this book for you being okay, but
0: we'll get there
1: eventually, I think.
0: I hope so. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, Lan is just amazing.
0: Lan has my whole heart, at least in the Wheel of Time universe. In the Wheel
1: of Time, so. Uh-huh.
0: That might change. He may just have my whole heart as I get further into the series. Who
1: knows? <laughs> we'll find out.
0: Um, but I think that's I think that's everything. We jumped around a little bit, but I think that's everything. We They did talk about the last battle a bit, but I think we're gonna get more information as we go on.
1: Oh yeah, it's the, it's like the last battle.
0: And so I think I just put the note there to like They mention it. I think it's mentioned a lot. I don't remember what that note even was for. I just I think they talk about it a lot and I think that we're gonna learn more about that. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: Back to our book recurring segments.
0: Yes, we, we really did have... not have recurring segments for our special episode really, because
1: we have to recur to do that
0: right but our recurring segments for Wheel of Time yeah weird auras I don't think we saw any
1: no there may be this, the sword for uh, land
0: again yes Like that's already but kind but of been confirmed that's been confirmed been, that's been it's confirmed.
1: Just like it's a special sword <laughs> It's not just a ceremonial sword, it's an actual special sword.
0: But no, I already crossed that out. We figured that out for Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. But nothing else has really come up for that.
1: Yeah. Ship updates.
0: Nothing so far.
1: Nothing. Yeah. It's the beginning of the book. I
0: just love land.
1: Land is the best. Agreed. <laughs> favorite moments.
0: So my favorite moment is either Egwene just straight up tackling Rand to the ground. Yeah. Or this wonderful line before Rand decides to be an asshole. In spite of everything, Rand found himself grinning. Loyal often had that effect on him. I know, what the fuck, Rand? <laughs> it's like you just go, you just wax poetically about how loyal can always make you smile, even when you've been basically having a thirty-minute panic attack running around the town.
1: Yeah, and then, and then, and you're then immediately mean. after that, you're like, "What the fuck are you still doing here, weird tall man?"
0: But I just like Loyal. I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with Loyal. I have, like, a Loyal needs to be protected. Yeah. Which is why, like, yeah, Egwene, tackle him to the ground for being mean to Loyal. I have a healthy
1: sense of platonic love for Loyal. Yes. Loyal could be my friend. I'd be okay with that. I want to be friends with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: My favorite moment is also Rand getting shit on for being mean to Loyal, because it's just so deserved. He deserves it, it and Egwene is the person to give it to him. (laughs)
0: Because he listens to her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Come on
0: protect loyal
1: basically maybe we can get land to protect loyal loyal would never be in danger
0: no no you would not
1: yeah so next time maybe we're going to find out what's, what what patton fane is going to be up to
0: and we'll figure out what's happening with the horn
1: what's happening with the horn and the dagger and the dagger cuz the back of the book the
0: back of the book i'm waiting for it i was kind of like because the back of the book for the eye of the world was like the village gets attacked so and that happened at the end of chapter 5 so i was like yeah. okay maybe no it didn't no, happen no it yet. didn't happen
1: it might be about to happen though it might
0: be about to happen i'm hoping
1: <laughs> yeah so Two weeks from now, season two, episode two, chapters six through eight of The Great Hunt. All right. Bye.
0: Bye.